Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. On today's show, we're going to be catching up with our friends from Beasley Animal Foundation and Clinic this morning. Dawn Roberts joins us, and um, we're going to get an update on how things are going. I'm sure uh, always a busy time at Beasley, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, we stay fairly busy. We are actually scheduled out for surgeries until October, and our wellness appointments about a month out as well. Oh, wow. So that's uh, that is full. Yes, it is. <laughs> so tell me how uh, what some of the things that uh, are going on at the clinic. What you know, if, uh, what types of procedures do you all do and things like that? Yeah, we're primarily a um, spay and neuter clinic, so we um, do surgeries four days a week, um, just for dogs and cats. And then we also offer a wellness services um, four days a week, which is preventative care so basically exams for flea and tick and heartworm prevention as well as heartworm tests Um, we do tests for feline leukemia and aids and um, vaccinations daily as well so um, it keeps us busy oh i can i can imagine uh, how busy you stay with that and uh, the foundation arm is is really um it it helps to um, promote not only what goes on at the clinic, but um, uh, animal care and things of that nature, and uh, the the work that goes on in the community with the clinic and the foundation together is uh, pretty great. Uh, tell me a little bit about how long you've been there. I started with the clinic back in 2019, I believe. So I was up in the front there, and then I started getting much more active in working with our past executive director, Amanda, and um, now I'm kind of overseeing the clinic and kind of keeping the programs on track. Well, that's great. Um, so today you um, brought some information in that we're going to talk about, and if you've got uh, fur babies, you may know, or maybe you don't, uh, that sometimes they have this little chip You want to talk a little bit about the chip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Being that Sunday was um, Check the Chip Day, Um, it's a day established by the American Animal Hospital Association and the American Veterinary Medical Association as a reminder for all pet owners that have their pets chipped to check, make sure their records are updated and that it's currently still active and being able to be detected. So um, it's a good way to... Um, have a permanent identification um, for your pet in case they get lost or stolen. Um, It's a very small little device um, that is no bigger than a grain of rice that's injected into like the hit or between the shoulder blades of a pet. Oh, okay. I I was wondering um, exactly where that went and I think I knew that at some point. Um, We've got a puppy um, that'll be like a year old in September and uh, after their procedure, that's when uh, she had the uh, um, the chip put in. So, but it's it's very very tiny. Yes, yeah. I mean, the chip itself is very tiny. I mean, we do recommend because it's it's injected the same as a typical vaccination or other injection, but the needle is just a little bit bigger. So, we always recommend that it's just easier to get it done when they're under the anesthesia for spay and neuter. Yeah. Um, get it done at that time. Um, but yeah, it's just injected between the shoulder blades, and then it's um, then it's easily scan scannable. And I guess the reason it's between the shoulder blades is the 
then that's where everyone knows to look because apparently, you know, when you come in and, and, and use that chip reader, everybody knows where to go. Yeah, ideally you hope that it doesn't migrate, but of course, you know, they're known to migrate, you know, down to the side, to the back. So, you know, you do have to kind of, if you don't find it there between the shoulder blades around the neck, you do kind of have to scan the whole body just to make sure that it hasn't migrated from that original area. I didn't realize that. So they can kind of move around some too. Yes, huh? they can. Um, what information is on this chip? When when you had take that reader, what what information is supplied to the uh, to the person who's checking the reader? Yeah, so there's really no personal information as far as the owner at that point. Um, what is scanned is of course the chip number, and then there's a code of the manufacturer of the chip it is because each manufacturer has their own database so they'll record the number and then you can go on to the database and then pull up that um, number and then it provides the relevant um, owner information okay so you can get the pet back to um, the original owner so th th that's i guess the intent for this is to make sure that if you get separated from your dog or cat that this is uh, a way to make sure that they can get back. Yes, yeah, it really does help um, reunite pets. I mean, a lot of people come into the clinic and they think that it's um, a GPS and it's not. It does not track movement of their animal. It's basically um, a form of identification that with a finder or shows up as a stray at the mm -hmm. shelter, they can scan it and then they can locate the owner. Also, people think they can come in and say, can you find my dog or cat, right? Yeah, I mean, they'll, uh, people come in all the time with a stray animal or something and say, can you see if it's been scanned? I mean, it has a chip and, you know, and vet clinics do it, shelters do it. So if that's, a, that's something that remind people that if they find a stray animal and cats are becoming more and more popular getting microchipped. So um, they had a statistics on the little flyer on Sunday that cats are 20 times more likely to be reunited with animals, with their pets now, um, owners, by being microchipped. So, well, I was going to ask about cats because um, one thing that Amanda and I always talked about uh, is is the world of dogs and cats are like daylight and dark, you know. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, from from uh, you know the owners and pet lovers of dogs and cats are different, and you know what you do and how you treat dogs and cats, and and also I just wondered about whether uh, microchipping was um, as big i guess it's not but it's becoming more popular for cats yes we're finding a lot more people are microchipping their cats now and i mean there's a lot more cats that wander than you know dogs do and stuff too so it's a good way if you have a pet a cat to get a microchip so mm -hmm. that if they do wander and somebody picks them up they can get the cat back to you is is that part of a regular examination do do you um you know like if if they bring an animal in that has been chipped do you just scan it to check it to make sure it's still working properly and that kind of thing uh, or is that something that is a pretty specific ask for a chip read yeah we need to i mean people need to be specifically asked for us like for a typical exam um we don't know if they're chipped or anything so unless somebody asks us can you please check and see if it's still working or whatever then we will certainly um, yeah. do that for them it's not typical that those things stop working i wouldn't think not that i've heard no i yeah. mean sometimes i mean there are pets that come in and the owner will say hey can you check our and it's gone and it just you know it's fell out or something so you, you as long as we can't find one we can insert another one ah okay yeah uh so let, let's let's talk about how important the microchipping is in terms of trying to to reunite um, families here a bit so it has the information but you have to have a special reader to get that information right yes yeah and vet clinics and shelters will have a scanner 
that can read and pick up the um, information, the chip number. And like I said, each manufacturer has their own database and that's where they'll get a code on that reader. And there is a universal website out there that you can go in there and find the code for the manufacturer and then you can go to the website and um, locate the chip. So if you find an animal, um, you take it to a vet clinic or um, a shelter, any of those places, and they would be able to check to see. There's, yes. there's no visible sign of a chip unless maybe they have the little thing on their collar. Yeah, they yeah. So I'm coming with a little little thing that says I'm microchip, but other but most most of the time no because collars can fall off yeah. or it can you know just fall off the collar itself. So yeah, if you find a pet. Um, the best thing is just to go ask the vet to, you know, scan it and see if it's chipped so that you can get it back to the owner. Or you can, you know, Paws will do it also if, if they find a stray animal just to make sure that they can get it back and so it doesn't have to sit at the shelter mm-hmm. environment. And and from that point, once it's checked, they have your information to call and say, hey, we found little Fido. Well, if or- the owner has registered the chip and kept it up to date on information. Oh. Um, uh, the AVA, uh, AVMA, and um, Home Alone, um, their little thing said that one dis- one out of six chips are not registered. So um, we'll get calls, and some may say, "Yeah, we found this chip. It's it came from your clinic, and but they had not registered the chip, so they couldn't get it back to the owner." So yeah, owners need to be sure to go register their chip, and any time there's a change of personal information, they need to go back out there and update address, phone number, name, anything like that to keep it up to date. Now that's important. Um, I didn't really think about that. So it, it's, let's say you had this done with Fido five years ago, but you've moved to a different location. If you didn't update it, it's got your old address. Correct, yes, mm. yes, yeah. So the pet owner is the one who's responsible, and that's kind of what the chip check the chip day is about to remind pet owners to make sure that if oh if you've moved you got to go out and change your information in your registration well that's important too yeah uh don roberts with beasley animal foundation and clinic joining us today we're talking about the the microchip uh, and as we've been discussing it's definitely more popular in dogs than cats but uh, it's not uncommon for cats to have this and and more and more are doing that and as Don mentioned as well the cats are more likely to uh, to roam they're kind of free spirits aren't they yes they are (laughs) yes (laughs) so uh, one also I would think that uh, phone number is is a phone number attached to the personal information so there's a contact yes okay so keeping that updated as well, Correct. I would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what does one have to do? I mean, let's say this happened five or six years ago, and they have no idea what, what kind of chip it is. They've lost their information. I guess they could go back to their veterinarian. Yeah, they should have been. Yeah, for the veterinarian that inserted the chip should have given them like a packet like we give, saying through our database, which is PetLink.net. And then they can just go to PetLink.net type in the information and your information should be there mm-hmm. so the vet the original vet should have that information gotcha so you could take um well i'm just thinking about <laughs> we have a 13 year old westie and i have no idea where her information is at you right. know yeah. so uh, i know that we haven't moved from our our current location but i have i have no idea where to find that so if we took her back to the vet they should be able to help you update it if you need to maybe yes or give you the information they, to do they that. should be able to give you the information okay. on how to do that yes well that's very good anything else you want to uh share about uh the microchipping and since last sunday was check the chip day 
Um, well, just know that, I mean, Beasley does insert chips. Um, of course, there's an option to do it, of course, during surgery, spay and neuter, but we also do it on an appointment basis where you can bring your pet in and we can insert the microchip and it's just a very quick procedure. Okay. And uh, again, you, you said it's like a, a big needle. It's not because you're putting something about the size of rice in. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I say big, it's not, I mean, it's bigger than a normal vaccine right. needle. So, but it's a bit, I mean, they can have a little bit more, um, they can feel a little bit more than they can a vaccine. Yeah. So. A little more discomfort. Yeah. Uh, dogs typically have a, a little area right there at the shoulder blade where there's I don't know. The skin feels looser there or yeah. something. Cats are pretty much the same. Are they? Yeah, of course. I mean, they might be a little bit harder to kind of um, hold still than oh, a, yeah. cat, a dog. But. <laughs> so it, why between the shoulder blades? Why was that kind of a universal place? Just an easy place to put it? Easy place to do it. Um, gotcha. It's easy to get to without, you know, with restraint and everything like that for the animal. Well, awesome. Um, if, if someone has never thought about doing this, um, there are lots of benefits to microchipping. Yes, there is. Yeah, I mean, of course, having a tag on a collar with your name and address is certainly a much quicker, more visible way to, you know, get your information on to somebody that has found your pet, but collars break if they get caught up in something. So yeah, a microchip is tamper-proof, um, and it, it holds a specific identification number for that certain pet. Awesome. Well, um, any final thoughts here? Anything else going on at the uh, the clinic or with the foundation you want to share with us today? No. I mean, we're just keeping pl- our community outreach food distribution program is going great. Um, uh, so, you know, we're... We had always, you know, we're always in need of dog, pat, uh, dog food and cat food, dry or canned. To, you know, we work with distribution partners on their f- um, human food distribution days that we provide the dog and cat food for them as well. That's um, that's great to to remind us of that, and uh, I do remember uh, conversations about, you know, a lot of times if there's. Um, human food distribution is, is a good way to put that. Um, they would use some of their food to feed their animal, and so this is a way that they can get animal food being distributed to them to help them out. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, we hear stories all the time or, you know, the rescues or something that see, you know, humans will give their pets their food if they don't have the food for themselves, so this helps them out. And and you just kind of are the uh, dog and cat food collection, and you, then you give that to other agencies who go out, is that right? Yes, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, well, we get it and we'll package it and then we'll get people to transport it to where it needs to go. And then they do it when they have a distribution event. It's passed out to those families. All right. And so um, you mentioned that the community can help with that. So what's the best way and and kind of best practices for that? Um, We have a a wish list on Chewy's. They can, you know, just go to Chewy.com and find our organization and send dog or cat food that way. Um, They can drop it off at the, at the clinic any during our business hours. Um, Yeah, we're always, you know, we're, we do two distributions a month and sometimes three. So we're in constant need of the uh, bagged um, dry food for cats and dogs. So it's the dried food in the bag, and the bag needs to be sealed. Se- yeah, unopened and unexpired. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, that's all very important. Where can we find uh, the uh, the clinic? Uh, our address is 2215 Keeneland Commercial Boulevard. Um, we're off of South Rutherford Bo- uh, Boulevard. Our website is BeasleyAnimalClinic.com. And then we have the foundation is BeasleyAnimalFoundation.org. 
Very good. Find it at both of those locations. And uh, Don, look forward to uh, talking with you again and some great information about microchipping. And uh, again, if you have any questions, I'm sure you could call the clinic to ask questions or and like you said you all do that too yes yes we do awesome well great thanks for uh coming in today look forward to next time thank you for having me all right dawn roberts joining us with the beasley animal foundation and clinic here today on rutherford issues